0: Welcome back to the Rebel Alliance podcast. It's uh, Nate in the studio and I'm joined uh, today by a uh, Formula One fan and a soccer fan. So (laughs) there's gonna be uh, a lot of wisdom dropped today and then these two other guys are gonna talk a little bit as well.
1: What are you talking about?
0: we know that one of the one of the things that God needs to work out of your life is your your love for soccer, and one of the things that God needs to work out of Kobe's life is his love for Formula One racing.
1: I feel like I feel like one of the things that God needs to work out of your life is pride, my friend. <laughs> yeah, pride.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> okay, so here we are. <laughs> Welcome back uh, to the Rebel Alliance Podcast. It's uh, it's Nate and it's Chris, and uh, joined by our friend uh, Kobe Britton. Kobe, good to have you today, man. Yeah,
2: thank thanks for having me on. I, I, I'm interested to see how this goes <laughs>
0: don't don't let the uh, garage mahal get under your skin just just talk like we're not surrounded by all this fancy equipment
1: it's in, it's intimidating sitting here with it us is, I, know. I know like the rebels I, were so famous now i with feel our, like i feel like our I'm our at seven work. listeners
0: yeah all seven of
2: them yeah i feel like i'm at work there's a fake tree there's sound baffling this is basically my day so it's okay <laughs> so you
0: feel very comfortable yeah. and want to get home
2: exactly <laughs> no i'm Literally. i'm i'm excited
0: uh, so, yeah, we're, we're excited about the podcast. We've been uh, looking to have Kobe on uh, for a while now. And uh, just to kind of tell you about our week as we jump into this, uh, Chris and I had a, a fun little exchange on Twitter with uh, our friend, friend of the show, uh, regular listener, uh, Pastor Joel Osteen. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm, I'm fairly confident he listens to our podcast. Yeah, weekly. He's one of the seven.
0: Yeah, he's one of the <laughs> seven who listens. Um, Yeah, so Joel Osteen, uh, just to get us into this conversation, Joel Osteen tweeted out this week, uh, you have an advantage, you're not doing life by yourself, there's a force behind you, protecting you, guiding you, favoring you, so that's Joel Osteen's tweet, now at this point, uh, while we're recording, it has over 8,000 retweets and over 21,000 likes, so clearly the rebels are doing something wrong. Apparently, if we were more heretical, we'd have more followers.
1: 8,000. 8, so what's that, like 20% of his air quote church?
0: Yeah, air quote church. That's right. So I I, I got back to Mr. Osteen and uh, and told him that he sounded more like Qui-Gon Jinn than a Christian minister, uh, to which uh, I did get a little bit of hate mail. Uh, I got a, a personal message on, uh, on my Twitter account that uh, essentially told me that I was being one of those hateful, reformed Calvinists.
2: How dare oh, you? No. I
0: No, Can you believe it? Was it Joel Eason's wife? I don't know. It might have been a fake Twitter account, but we're not quite sure.
1: <laughs> we should make a fake Joel Eason account.
0: I'm sure that we should search for that. If I'm that sure doesn't already, exist, doesn't
2: trademark exist, yeah. rebels, trademark See, the stamp. question mm-hmm. is, is he verified? And could you get verified faster if he's not?
0: Good point yeah brilliant point th- that is a good point Kemp stop <laughs> we're gonna do it Listen, you cannot do that Kemp <laughs> that's that's for us and us only
1: well w- if, if like so if, if the Holy Spirit he's, he's talking about the Holy Spirit obviously yeah if the Holy Spirit is like a force he he is. Does, does Olstein like think that the like the Holy Spirit is the force from Star Wars is that what he's trying to say and so therefore someone's ability to relate with the Holy Spirit is based on the midi chlorine count in their blood?
0: I think that's what he's trying to get at. He's 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 tying biology to Christian faith. No, I don't know. I don't know where you're going with that. I mean, I would
2: prefer if we just didn't bring up menachlorians because they're like the worst thing from Star Wars. Ever worse than Jar Jar Binks is the Minichlorians. Whoa. So, whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Worse than Jar Jar Absolutely, Binks. yes. How yes. are they?
0: okay? This Let's this go. you have to convince me of. Okay. There's nothing worse than Jar Jar Binks in well, Star Wars.
2: <laughs> I feel like I walked into a trap. Right? Yes, away. Uh, it's, a trap. it's a trap. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, so I mean, I think Jar Jar Binks is there's a a, a prerec- prerequisite for him, which is the Ewoks, which were George Lucas already saying this is a children's thing. I want. To I'm sell going toys. to appeal to children. I'm going to sell toys. Metachlorians are, are basically George not understanding Science <laughs> Fundamentally why people like his thing It's not science fiction It's space fantasy And I think that that's the moment Where a lot of fans were sort of realizing In episode one This is something he, he doesn't get why we like this right. like He doesn't understand That this has a something beyond And he's the creator And he can do whatever he wants I guess For his his piece of art But as someone who likes Star Wars, that was something that you're listening to and watching it and having a really hard time. There's a lot of theology
1: there, it. right? He's the creator. He can do whatever he wants.
2: Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but I'm still going to have a problem with, <laughs> with, how, with how he chose to do it, I guess, in that case.
0: Yeah. Be, well, because George Lucas is not infallible. <laughs> there you go. Because he's a wretched sinner. He's a wretched sinner. He needs, he needs Jesus. Um, We could probably talk Star Wars with Kobe all day. So before this conversation continues, uh, we just want to say that thanks to all our regular listeners. We want to uh, say that we are the uh, Rebel Alliance. We are part of the berean media network which is a, a new yeah we are yeah we're new but uh berean media network has been around for a little while uh, a couple of podcasts so there's the front pew podcast with uh, uh, several pastors it's kind of a podcast by pastors for pastors if you want to know what pastors talk about in the front pew uh, before and after service most of it's probably about you uh they talk about all that stuff <laughs> at their podcast, on why, their podcast
1: why were you looking at me when you said that
0: uh Never, no comment. <laughs> no comment. Uh, let me get through the rest of this, though. So there's also the Two Thieves podcast. That's our, our friends, Justin and Brandon. Uh, and uh, they are uh, engaging culture with a, a biblical worldview, very, very similar to what we do here. Uh, we're very thankful for their, them and their ministry. And then, of course, there's the Layman's Cup, uh, and uh, they're bringing you sound theology one sip at a time. I wonder if this week they'll have received the coffee that we sent them in the mail. to be sipping on some true Canadian coffee.
1: I, I hope so I
0: hope so too I'd like to know Kemp seems like uh well Kemp and Sean seem like uh they're 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 pretty particular when it comes to their coffee so let's see if Canadian coffee passes the test
1: i did I did look in to try to get some of the coffee that they've been talking about and they don't we don't seem to have it in London
0: no no it's probably so. they they probably get it from some underground black market like <laughs>
2: Like,
0: yeah, I, I'm sure they get it from some crazy place that we, we the, don't have access to. The
2: deep web.
1: The deep web. <laughs> they go on the deep web. Yeah, that's what coffee. the deep web's for. It's, I think it it's, is.
2: It's for coffee. For coffee. Yeah, yeah and that's, hitmen. That's, it's those two things. So
0: ch- so check out the Berean Media Network, www.bereanmedianetwork.com. Check out those other podcasts. We push their content because we believe in it, and it's good, and it's gospel-centered. Uh, today, as you've already been introduced to, our friend Kobe, and uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of things that Kobe can uniquely help us with. So uh, on this podcast, we love talking about just how we can equip you, our listeners, to engage culture with a Christian worldview. And we, we talk a lot about making disciples and we talk a lot about evangelism because we recognize that that's our Christian mandate. Uh, before Jesus left, he mandated his disciples, go make disciples of all nations. Uh, baptizing them and teaching them obedience. And so uh, to be faithful to the call of Jesus to go and make disciples, every Christian ought to be uh, caught up in evangelism. And so we brought Kobe on though, because Kobe, uh, unlike us and and even some of our listeners, uh, you kind of grew up in an environment where the church is a completely foreign place to you, so why don't you just start by just introducing some of our listeners who don't know you, uh, just how you grew up and uh, and a little bit of your, I guess, uh, non relationship with the church.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, I so I grew up in a household with just no there there was no church there was no uh, after I was about five or six there was there was just absolutely no sort of um, Opportunity to go to church or to learn anything about um, the story of God and, and Jesus and and to develop any kind of faith, really. Yep. Um, and I mean th- that just comes from my parents are 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 atheists, um, and so their their point of view was that that really there's no reason to do that. So um, and I, I don't think it. Yeah, you know, I, I do want to mention I don't think that we, my dad specifically is atheist out of anger. I think he's just atheist because he's uh he's an engineer and he's rational to the point of fault probably right um and so that uh that's where that came from um and so i did not experience going to church at all until i was 19 18 or 19 really maybe yeah about there um and uh it was an interesting experience uh, okay, coming so that, from there yeah
0: so that's what we want to kind of get into it um you know not going to church until you're 19 there's a lot of us uh and, and chris and i talk about this all the time when we do our segment uh what are you throwing in the bin right we talk about christian culture and we talk about church culture and we talk about all the things that uh we kind of laugh at as as uh, as some people who have been a part of the church for quite a while um but what's unique about i think your experience and, and what i'd love for you to just touch on a little bit is so so you come into the <laughs> touch is a
2: very delicate okay. way of putting that yeah, careful carefully, touch <laughs> yeah, <on> carefully. <laughs> all right
0: um So you come into the church when you're 19. uh, You grew up in this really rational home that really values kind of independent thought and and critical thinking. Which are good things. Which are are good things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're on the same page on that. And so you come into the church uh, with that mindset. And what were some of the things in the church that immediately turned you off? So we should point out also that what got Kobe into the church was a girl, as is <laughs> often
2: the case, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, was
1: it missionary dating?
2: It was it was not. I don't think it was. We were, we were legitimately just friends. We were both dating other people, very, very much just friends at the time. Um, and she said that she was singing and it was uh, uh, something I should come watch. And I thought, well, I'll go support my friend who's going to be singing at church, not realizing that, like, she sang at church all the time. That was totally normal.
0: For those of you who don't know Kobe, Kobe is now married to this girl. Yes, I, uh, <laughs> They're uh, good yes, friends my, of ours. It did yes, work
2: out. <laughs> it, did, it, did, <laughs> it, did work it did work out. out. Her uh, her sort of, she was very patient with me. Um, and so she was just, oh yeah, you should come out to church. And, um, and yeah, so I started, I went once or twice and, and there was definitely something that drove me to keep coming. But there were a lot of elements to this day of any, of, any, of any church, I think, in, in a lot of fundamental Christianity that um, I found very difficult to deal with.
0: All right, so let's—I want to break this conversation into kind of two parts, which is, number one, uh, we're Christians, we're called to evangelism, so I want to talk uh, on that level, what is it that some—that Christians do that uh, hurts their evangelism mm-hmm. more than helps— and then on the other side of things, you know, as if, if evangelism is going good, going well, or, you know, we're a pretty girl inviting a boy uh, to <laughs> church. And so they say yes anyway. Once we get our person into the church, what are some of the things that the church is doing that hinders that? So I want to talk about both those things. Um, so why don't we start with uh, the church since we're already kind of in that conversation? So, All what right. are some of the th- what are, I know Kobe's really concerned about this. There will be no church discipline, I promise. Um what were some of the things that the church so um you you came in for the first time outsider, this is all new to you. What were some of the things that really kind of it either turned you off or really hindered the process of you um uh coming to embrace, I guess, Christianity?
2: Sure. Um so the the, the main thing I I there, there's kind of two main there's two main things that probably I think uh, for most people who don't grow up in the church are very difficult to, to deal with. And they still are for me a lot of times. So the first one is pretty simple. It's Christianese. Yep. All of these terms uh, like what was one I've, I heard recently, I think it was uh what's your heart position. <laughs> what is that? That's, use a real term. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's a very, it's very much, um, I think trying to make everything mystical yeah. and powerful and other. Yep. And it, to someone who uh, comes into it later in life where you've, you've gotten used to people trying to manipulate uh, yeah. manipulate what they're telling you so that it sounds more important than it is like that's marketing. That that's everything. Yeah. Everything yeah. is yeah. about what is your desire? How do we present our thing as your desire? Um, and so when you come into the church and they're using all of this language to try to make everything sound extremely powerful and other and, and, it, it takes away from the actual important terms and the actual important lessons that you can learn because it's very off-putting. And also it's hard to tell what people are talking about sometimes. Um, but also, if you want to talk to someone who's not in the church, you need to talk to them with real-world terminology. right? Because a lot of those Christianese phrases, I think, are trying to describe systems or thought processes that already exist and have terms, but you're trying to abstract it to make it more important. And that, that makes it difficult for people who don't know what those mean to have a legitimate conversation.
1: So if you're listening and you wonder what not to say, don't walk up to someone and be like, man, I just need to pray a hedge of protection around you <laughs> yeah. so you can get your heart position in the right <laughs> the right center, you know? like Yeah. I,
0: I remember. Like
1: I, I still don't know what
2: that is.
0: Yeah. I and, don't and actually know what the, I said either. And, and you've been in the church a long time now. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, so a friend of mine uh, who, who came to church uh, one time, uh, somebody was praying and they use the phrase, we need to love on someone. And and honestly, my friend was like, that's gross. Like, what are they t- right? What are they talking about? That's just a weird phrase, right? Don't use phrases like that. Yeah,
2: and, and I, I get that Christians are supposed to be different. Like, I'm not saying you should be conforming to society. But if you want to engage with society, you need to be able to speak a language that they're going to understand. Right. And I think that's where the disconnect comes from. People use it as an excuse for not learning what the 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 real world terms are like there's a lot of concepts in christianity that exist in Sociology or in science or in psychology If you knew those terms, you'd be able to have a much more in-depth conversation But because you don't have those terms, it's difficult for you to engage with an atheist. I you have, do you have Th-
0: an example of one
2: Um, well, I I think that it it's it's an example An example would be like some of the straw man arguments. This is kind of my second point too yeah, yeah. that we get into um so I think that Christians and atheists are just as bad about building straw man arguments yeah, of each other. Sure. Yep. Um, and so, you know, for instance, I, I think that creationism, and we don't, to be upfront f- with everyone who's listening, uh, Pootie and Nate have a different opinion on <laughs> on the first few chapters of the Bible than maybe I do. Um,
1: Two of us are biblical. <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah. And um, here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's all right. He I'm, I'm not. One. I'll. I'll. I'll leave it. I don't want to unpack that. That's a much, <laughs> more, that's a much more complicated we'll have, conversation. We'll have you back for that. We'll yeah, we'll have another conversation about that. Um, but so, regardless of what your point of view is, there, um, I think that creationists feel like they can argue that they can argue with an evolutionist on the same ground. Right. And I, I don't think you're ever going to win that battle because they're they're trying to. It's two separate worldviews. And rather than always trying to argue all of these different straw man arguments of each other and, and basically talk through each other, right. using terminology that is different, using uh, concepts that you're both talking about the same thing, but you're doing it in completely different right. ways. It would be a lot more intelligent, I think, on the part of Christians to, have the, to be humble enough to say, okay, how do we... Break down our concepts so that we can engage with the average person knowing what our concepts mean On a fundamental level to what people desire, right? Does that? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot I'm, I don't want to I don't want to no,
0: no, I, I I hear what you're saying and I think, you know You and I have talked about this before that um, Christians we we will kind of get a, a narrative in our head um, About how to engage right so we have like this cookie cutter um idea in our head about how the conversation with the evolutionist goes right and so we use we use our little phrases about uh you know whatever the case may be we 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 build up our evidence and we say what well, if i say this this and this then you know the conversation is one and and like you're saying there's a deeper level to that right everybody's coming to evidence with presuppositions and the atheist and the Christian are coming to the, that evidence with completely different worldviews, completely different presuppositions, and so we interpret evidence differently. And so, if if Christians are are merely kind of steamrolling over an atheist worldview and and painting, and this is what a straw man is, right? Uh, building a framework. This is this is what you believe, and then this is how I can discredit it. It's completely missing the point, and just makes it sound stupid.
2: Yeah, I mean, everyone has this perfect version of how they're going to win the argument in their head. Right. Right. Like that. That's a. You do that for everything. Not even just Christians. Yeah. Everyone builds. That's like a, a fundamental defense mechanism. That's, you know, instead of us using that to not get eaten by a tiger or something, we use <laughs> like we we use that ability to perceive ourselves in in a, in a conversation in the same way you would. Well, if I go over that across to that tree, could there be a tiger over there? Well, I'm going to play that out in my head and decide what's the best action. Right. So now instead we do that before we have conversations we're scared to have. Um, and so I, I think that when you build this idea up of how this argument's going to work, you miss the fact that it shouldn't be an argument. Right. It should be a conversation about why, how is it that Christianity and your relationship with God was able to solve a fundamental problem with your soul, your worldview, the, the hole that you felt before you, the, I'm trying to think of the right word here. The lack of, self-fulfillment that you felt before you came into the church because i feel like that's everyone i've talked to who was not a christian at some point and came in it was there was a lack of self-fulfillment there was Mm. something about their life that felt that it was missing right we should be more focused on those conversations i think right what is it that you're missing and why and how do we break down what is it about the relationship with god that fills that as opposed to trying to rationalize evolution away because i don't think you're going to win that argument
1: Okay, that that's kind of where I I wanted to go. um, You you came into the church. How much knowledge did you have of what Christianity was, what we believed, coming from an atheistic background to in into a church setting? Like, how much did you know of what, like, not Christianese, but what we believed and what what we taught?
2: I had more knowledge of the history of the church than I did of the actual uh, doctrine. Hmm. So, like, I, I knew about Christmas and Easter. But in terms of the doctrine, I knew very very little. I knew more about the history of the Middle East than I did the actual Christian Church and the Roman Empire than right. I did about the Christian Church. Right.
0: So, um, so kind of one of the things I hear you saying. So if we're if we're breaking down sort of a list of things that some of our listeners can think about when they're engaging in conversations with their their unchurched friends, family members, um, coworkers, whatever the case may be. One of the things I hear you saying is is essentially focus on on the gospel, right? Like don't yeah. don't get sidetracked by some of these um, peripheral peripheral issues. So your job as a Christian is to um, introduce somebody and have them embrace the gospel before it's your job to. Um, make them uh, give up on evolution, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so instead of trying to convert— Give up on
2: evolution. <laughs>
0: <laughs> instead of trying to uh, convert an evolutionist to, into a creationist or an old earth guy into a young earth guy or, or whatever— Because like you the, could be
2: a Christian evolutionist. Like, I think it's missing the point of the conversation. That's right. what I'm getting at.
0: Right. And so, and, uh, and our, our listeners kind of know where we stand on, on that stuff. Yeah. But the point here is that when you embrace the gospel— then you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, who leads you to all truth. And so, whatever else is there, the gospel is the main thing. The gospel is what changes a person.
1: Yeah, the goal isn't to win an argument, right? right. Like when we when you enter into a conversation with an atheist or just somebody who isn't a believer, it, the goal in your conversation with them is to articulate the gospel, not to win an argument to prove that you're smarter than them. Right. And I think that's what I'm kind of catching. You guys yeah.
2: Saying. So what what really the the moment that it clicked for me and. I'm a rational person. So, but to what you're saying, Pootie, that, that Chris, sorry. (laughs) No, call him Pootie. Pootie. The, the, the thing that, uh, I, the thing that stuck with me was when I was reading through the Bible the first time, um, again, because of, uh, my wife, uh, not my wife at the time. (laughs) My now now wife. wife. Um, I was reading through it for the first time because I thought, well, if I'm going to keep talking to this, to this girl, I should probably at least learn what she's Talking about, and then so I can explain to her why she's wrong. <laughs> I was a little I arrogant. Um, so I started reading through the Bible, and the thing that that clicked with me, and I don't know that I've ever said this out loud, but so if it's wrong, tell me <laughs> um, was was that early in early in in the Old Testament, there are very clear moments where it, it's building up this idea that that sacrifice is, is important for a relationship with God that you have to be willing to sacrifice to have a relationship with God. And that's important for a lot of reasons, um, in that it's a huge logical leap. So even for the time that it was being written, um, being able to articulate that not only do you need to sacrifice in, you know, during the day to be more comfortable at night, but you need to sacrifice you know why? Why is it important that you teach people that they're going to uh, sacrifice a cow to God? Um, that's important because it it's a it's a it's a logical leap that I think those people are being taught that if you sacrifice to God, it will have dividends for the society, for God's world, for His society. In this case, it's protecting the Israelites, but that the ultimate sacrifice if you take that to its conclusion is the willingness to give up your life for what's right, right for some sort of moral right, whatever, whatever that is. And in, in this case, it's the moral right that God has laid out. And so when you look at the new Testament, there's this moment where it's, it's underneath, I think, I don't think it's ever said completely outright, but I think it's very much an undertone all the way through the ultimate sacrifice. is not something anyone could actually do as right. a, as a, because of the, the battle between the, the desire to be with God and sin. You can't ever truly give up the animal self, the need to be self-preserving. And so in the New Testament, God says, you're right, you can't. I've put something in front of you that's impossible. So instead, I'm going to do it for you because you've messed up so many times. And now, you can make the sacrifices you need to make, knowing that you're never going to be perfect, but that as a Christian, that sacrifice has been made as an example of what you should be striving to do by the person asking you to do it. And so then it teaches beyond the society, but now it's an argument that as a, as the world, you need to be willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, which is to go out into the world, not just sacrifice for your society, but now the entire world, the ultimate sacrifice of leaving your home and your people and spreading the word and that connection of this, this undertone that we, even if you're not Christian, I think you're still trying to fight between the, the conscious self who wants to be good for some reason. We don't understand what it is, but I, you know, it's, it's the desire to be with God and the animal self, the instinctual, the destructive nature. And that the Bible is this, extremely complicated i mean there's like 65,000 hyperlinks references to itself yep. inside the bible yep there's no other text like that it's it's incredibly complex but there's this undertone of you can't do it but i'm showing you that if you walk with me i will help you to to do what we need to do to make a perfect world on earth and and i thought that that was this moment of like a undercurrent and connection that you can't find anywhere else I don't I don't think I think it's getting at a drive the human race has had forever which is who are we why are we here and what are we supposed to do because if we just do what we want as animals it always it's always destructive I think Christianity is the is the ultimate form of that answer Right, and it's a, it's a manifestation of that. I hope again. No, no. no. Okay, I, hope, so, I hope that, so that makes sense. I just want to. I want to
0: touch love on that. a couple of things because there is a, there is a ton there. So I, I hope what our listeners just heard there. I mean, first of all, you can understand why we love talking to Kobe because <laughs> uh, the conversation with Kobe is never surface <laughs> and is never boring. Um, so a couple things. So what you noticed there is that um, what I noticed there, Kobe, is that you essentially you're doing exactly what you told us um, uh, Christians ought to be doing. And that is not using language that's foreign to the outside world in order to talk to people from the outside world, right? right. So, so you're using terms like, you know, the animal side and, and this sort of thing, right? Which is, isn't how we would use that, uh, how, how I would articulate that, right? We would, we would tend to, and this is what Christians would tend to do, we would tend to use language like, you know, the, our old nature or our sin nature, right? And our new nature or our redeemed nature, well, essentially, what you just told us is the 19-year-old Kobe who just wanted to, you know, date a pretty girl, uh, wanders into a church and wouldn't have understood that, right? You wouldn't have understood the term sin nature and redeemed nature or anything like that. Not but, at all. <laughs> right. But here you are, and you've just kind of unpacked it from from the worldview from which you came, right? Which is which is really interesting. So, just gives you an idea. The other thing that I uh, that I just heard there is like number number one. Uh, Chris, can we uh, agree there? Hashtag that postmill. Right? Yeah, I was, I was gonna. Call, I didn't want to, I didn't want to
1: like interject too much, but um, Kobe may have become postmill before he became a Christian. Yeah, right? that's, which is
0: awesome. <laughs> um, so, so um, but then the other thing uh, that I think is is really neat there is so what what made things click for you is very very different, and I'm sure all of our listeners, you have a testimony, you have an idea of how the gospel penetrated your hard heart. But I've never heard somebody who's like that's what clicked for me, right? A lot of people are like, oh, I, you know, I, 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 recognize I was a sinner in need of a savior, right? And we use we use very kind of uh, uh, common language for stuff like that. And what 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 God made click for you is so, so not how he, uh, what he made click for me. But it, it's it's cool because God will take you from where you are and yet show you, and, and essentially like that's that is the primary message of redemption is that. There's a sacrifice. There's a debt that's owed that we can't owe on our own, right? right? That that God did it for us is the central message when you get to the heart of uh, the redemptive story of Christ.
2: Yeah, and I should say that's something I've only recently been able to articulate. Like right. it's not like when I was 19. Yeah, it's not. I'm <laughs> going through that. I wasn't. Right. I wasn't sitting there and thinking about, you know, id and all of these different parts of psychology and what's going on in your head and and why why is Christianity you know, basically designed by God and, and the stories designed by God to speak directly to us and right. to the deep, really fundamental, subconscious battles that are going on. Uh, I, I can unpack that if you want. But my, but my point is that, like, that's not something I knew at the time, right. but that was the moment where it clicked was where I started to realize that this was speaking to, like, a really deep desire um, beyond something that you could
1: rationalize. Yeah, so like we're, we're all created in God's image, right? So we're created to have that relationship. Right. And when we don't have it, you're articulating something that I think a lot of people feel, but they just don't know how to put it into words that... You know you're not complete because we were meant to be with God.
0: The, uh, Ecclesiastes calls it just a, a chasing after the wind, right? This idea that I think John Piper describes it like um, everything that we do in order to seek pleasure or satisfaction or fulfillment in our own lives turns to ashes in our hands, right? And that's kind of that's kind of the, the the view of things. You you chase a relationship or you chase a job or you chase a whatever and you're like a a dog chasing after a car you you don't know what to do once you get it or once you get it you realize it's not what you were were hoping for and it, it it's not that thing that brings satisfaction and yeah, joy st-
2: statistics of depression are highest in high high uh, income neighborhoods
0: right because once you realize that the thing you're chasing after isn't what you thought it would be
2: yeah it's materialistic you're alone yeah it's you... it's a walled garden of un, of no substance
0: right yeah it, uh, it turns to ashes in your hand as it's chasing after the wind. So, yeah, I, I love that. And uh, See, and that
2: was Christianese. <laughs> that,
0: mine was? Yeah. Yes, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. So and, and that's why people don't get it. Right. Because they, they hear that, and I, I know what you're saying. Right. But to someone outside of the church, it, that's, that's very, it's very, it's very uh, compact. Right. And I think that's what I'm getting at as the problem, is that it wasn't all of the Christianese that clicked. It was the undertones that clicked. Right. Right. That's that's what I'm trying to get at.
0: So uh, what what I kind of want to um, scratch at a little bit here is you um, you, you're, you essentially what clicked for you was reading the Bible for yourself. Which yes. Is, <laughs> so it wasn't necessarily. Strange. Yeah. So for, you know, our friends over at the front pew or any other pastors that are listening to it. So it wasn't like one amazing sermon followed by an altar call.
2: No, I'm sorry. Oh
0: my goodness! I know you're, you're tearing down our entire paradigm.
2: It was Rebecca's dad was the pastor too. So oh, yeah. Harsh. So it's 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 very honest. <laughs>
0: so, uh, but I guess this is part of my point is that you know, so, this sound this sounds like I shouldn't even say it. Like this, it sounds like this is you know so stupid that we haven't got this yet. But like our churches the discipleship in our churches, it doesn't just get people reading the Bible themselves. You know, we, we hand people devotionals or we hand people, you know, uh, you know read through the book of John. And man, reading through the book of John is awesome. But what I'm hearing you say, and, and quite honestly, this is part of what clicked for me too, is there's a holistic message of the Bible, this message of redemption, and that's what clicked for you. Mm-hmm. And so when we hand these new Christians, we say, okay, say the sinner's prayer and then start doing this daily devotional. Right, that has 365 little snippets in it for you to, to work through. You're not getting that that deep complexity. You were talking about all the hyperlinks yeah. within Scripture. You're not getting the deep complexity that will hit you on all these levels that we don't know what's going on under the surface of the people who were evangelizing, the, the, the neighbors and the coworkers we're praying for, the people we're bringing into our church. But God knows everything that's going on psychologically, right. emotionally, and all that kind of stuff, and his word will hit you where it, we are. So it sounds like to me what one of the things you're saying too is that one of the ways we can make our evangelism better is by helping people get really biblical literate. Instead of using our Christian ease to dumb it down for them, give them the Bible and let the word of God speak to them.
2: Yeah. I mean there there are, you know, fundamental pillars of our society built on Christianity. Absolutely. And and the fundamental components of it. And
0: we live in a society me, of laws yeah. that work because they're built right. On the, because the they're they're built on the same principles
2: that Christianity was built on. Yeah, amen. And and then and I'm gonna. So I'm just to quickly put context what I'm about to say. So Nietzsche said God is dead. Right. And everyone said acts like that was like a triumphant thing. He didn't say that in a positive way. He said we. After that, he says. Um, going to butcher it but it's basically to the effect of there will not be enough water to wash the blood from our hands for what we've done right. and what he's getting at in the 1800s is that the destructive power of society without god at the center is is terrifying and when you look at um fiscal purely fiscal capitalism and the other side which i'd say is is communism both of those lead to an ends that are unimaginably destructive and dehumanizing because they're, they're they're taking the fundamentals of our society, removing God from them and then trying to make those work. And because God is filling these really deep, deeply rooted desires we have, we start swinging from left to right over and over again because we can't find that center because God is at the center and that creates extremely destructive outcomes.
0: Wait a minute. It sounds to me like you're saying it's not the liberals or the conservatives, it's not the Republicans or the Demi- Democrats that both have removed God and swung in a different direction. Is that what you're saying?
2: Almost, yeah. So
0: if I—wait if <laughs> a minute. If I vote Republican, I'm not voting for God?
2: No. You, yeah, yeah. I, I know this is going to scare people, but uh, voting for Stephen Harper was not a, a, a biblically strong point of view. Neither is the—none of them currently yeah, no. are. They're all— they're all ideologies, right? And ideologies without God, without something fundamental at the center are, are destructive yeah. because taken to the natural conclusions, they're always dehumanizing.
0: Yeah. This is, this is a fun little segment. Chris and I like to call poking the bear. <laughs> Just get Kobe going on I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> can, I'm, no, 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 I'm, no, no, I'm trying
2: a, to be, I'm least. trying not to go down bunny trails. No, no, no. It's yeah, very, sorry, it's sorry.
0: I led you down that one. I apologize. I apologize. No. So can I ask you this then? So um, it was it was getting through the 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 massive story of the Bible and and kind of watching the Bible and letting the Bible work on you that that kind of brought you to faith. Um, what did that look like within the church? Was there somebody leading you through that? Was there somebody there to answer questions? Like how did so I, so I'm just saying how can we learn from your story as we're bringing people in who have. Who have very real questions and very real concerns, and and are, don't have any of the framework that we're working with, and we we bring them in, and so now we know. Okay, okay, give them the Bible, help them with Bible literacy. What what did that look like for you? Was there anybody who helped you along the way?
2: So I'm going to answer your question, but I, I, it's not as direct as what you want. So I'm I'm Dang, sorry, but holy. yeah, I know. So <laughs> so what didn't help was people telling me what I should do now. Hmm. Um, what helped was people showing me what I should do now. If okay. that makes sense. No, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a big believer in that you can say whatever you want. It's what you do that matters, right? Um, you can say that, that you believe like something Batman said. Yeah. <laughs> you you can say that you <laughs> I mean, probably. There's a lot of comic books. Yeah. Probably. Oh, said I, was, I was thinking of the
0: actual uh, when he says, it's not it's not my words that define me, but my actions oh, okay. that define who I
1: am. Yeah.
2: It's the new Batman. That's
1: Christopher Nolan. It's because he knows course, what he's yeah, talking about. It's funny that you went to Batman where I went to the Apostle Paul and was like, follow me as I follow Christ. And well, so just like, yeah, you're much more we're not going to say pretty.
0: one's more biblical than the other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry,
2: um, we keep
0: leading Kobe down bunny trails. We thought he was going to be the distractor. I know. One. Yeah. Keep going.
2: Um, right. So, so you know, it, it's people doing doing and not and not telling me, you know, what to do at the time. That was really powerful because I think that when people tell you what to do, they're trying to manipulate things to get what they want. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you're truly regenerated um, and and you're actually going through your own personal struggles to 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 have those internal battles between sin and uh and the desire to do good now that you're regenerated or that that want to do that, which again to be non-Christianese would be I think the conscious wanting to to be good and the animal self that like you guys don't agree with where I'm coming from on this, but the evolutionary <laughs> self, the part of you that that is very animal, trying to fight that to be to be self-serving and destructive. And so seeing people who had been able to overcome their destructive nature for whatever it was, whether they had been alcoholics or gamblers or whatever, and seeing them still wrestle with that, but be able to be successful was way more powerful than somebody telling me, Oh, well, you should go read this verse now. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that, that was more interesting to me because it, it showed that there was an actual regeneration going on. And I think that I'm not saying you should not, I'm not going as far as to say, well, just live your life and people will come to you. That's not what I'm saying at all. Right. But I'm, I'm saying that if you want to come and tell me what to do, it's more powerful if you can tell me how you're struggling. But your faith is the thing that's holding you together, if that makes sense. That was what probably helped me to go like, okay, this isn't just like a a Insan- moment of insanity that I'm having where I'm seeing purpose in a piece of literature that I thought was written by a bunch of Sheep herders I kind of was but but but, <laughs> but like there, there's more to it than that, right? Yeah. And and so Being able to say that people were telling me what they truly believe and being honest about the struggles They were having was way more powerful than someone just saying you should go read this particular verse It'll really speak to you now,
0: right? Cause you didn't understand what that I did.
2: I didn't understand what it meant. And also I don't think I personally don't think that taking verses out of context really has
1: any meaning. So
0: amen. (laughs) I like that. I
1: I love the point that you're saying. There's like people telling you. And so we can practically apply this. So you telling other your people that you work with or you interact with what Jesus has done for you, what you've overcome by the power of Christ is very impactful to people. And that's what kind of what I'm hearing you say, like that yeah. really helped you more than just me walking up and saying John three sixteen to them. Cause that in context means nothing to them. Whereas if I said, Jesus has done this in my heart and he's helped me overcome X, Y, and Z that has more impact and more of a, a punchline to somebody who isn't, who isn't familiar with verses and books in the Bible is what I'm hearing.
2: Yeah. Say. Christ, Christ is the, is the transforming agent. Amen. Not, yeah, amen. Not a particular single part of the Bible, and and so it's it's that, you know, He's the truth, and, and what does it really mean when you try? And it is trying. It's the it's do or do not. There is no try. Well, we actually, I mean, we are only trying. We're not no going no. to be, we're not going to be able to be perfect, and so being able to admit that and then say, okay, but this is this is, how my regenerated heart and a stronger desire for good and being able to understand now that there's sin and that I'm sinful and that it, it's almost like what psychologists have people do when they break down through their uh, conscious to their subconscious to try to figure out. And I'm simplifying something here yeah. that I hope doesn't get me in a lot of trouble, but trust me, I actually know more about this than it sounds like when I say this, but, but you're, but you're breaking down into the multiple driving personalities that, you know, anger, sadness, these different, very basic emotions that do have needs and wants. And a psychologist would say, well, we break those down and we figure out what they're looking for. And then, and then you can better control it. And I think that that's true, but I think that it's a stopgap to being able to acknowledge that you need to admit that the deeper needs you have are a lot of the times destructive and sinful. Right. Because
0: um, man is totally depraved.
2: Right. Yeah. On a, on a fundamental yeah. level. Yeah. Like why? What? If, like what, Why some do you? To yeah, explain but it, like, but well, like, like, to put it like this: Why do you have a thought? Like, why did you think of that? Oh, well, because it came to me. That's not a good answer. There's something going on beneath beneath your system, beneath your conscious that you need to acknowledge that that's not always good. That you come up with things and then you justify. I mean, uh, there's a lot of research around this, but basically, people will come up with uh, they'll they'll do something before. The subconscious sends an action. The body starts taking that action over. Then the conscious gets a signal and then justifies the action afterwards. Right. So a lot of what you do, you don't actually know why you did it, but you're good at explaining it afterwards. Right. (laughs) And so it's, it's very hard. Like it's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that good at it. I'm not trying to sound like I'm good at this, but it's very hard to sit there and say, why am I, why, why am I, why am I mad? Why am I being, uh, short with my wife today? Why am I being, uh, you know, lazy at work today or whatever. And to say, it's not just cause I'm lazy that there's like more fundamental things going on and to spend the time to break that down and figure out where the sin actually is so that you can, you can then try to, I think, pray about it and, and pray about the right thing
0: right. to be
2: regenerated in the right way right? so that it's not selfish, but it's actually acknowledging where the fault is that's hard like i think that that's really hard and it can be self-defeating and depressing and complicated and so to come back to what you were saying (laughs) i think that i think that for people coming into the church we don't like to talk about that we like to make it seem like you're regenerated great here's some verses listen to this worship music you know yeah it's hard but we're all in this together and it's kind of a kumbaya and and I think that there needs to be more acknowledgement that it's going to be hard your entire life. Right. And you need to be willing to always have those personal battles with God where you're talking, you, you're trying to build that relationship, but also talk about it to people in the church. But you can only do that if you know that they're having the same battles you are.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't and know how I got there. There's, well, and, and, and there's, there's a whole book on this. Uh, John Owen wrote a book called The Mortification of Sin. Uh, he wouldn't have got any Kobe points for not being speaking Christianese, but essentially the book <laughs> is is about that. It's about the ongoing battle that every Christian has with the sin in their own lives, that that is a lifelong thing. And you can defeat the sin because it's been crucified, right? Because it's been uh, overcome by Christ. Um, but that, that is an ongoing battle and that uh, you will always be battling sin. And And uh, John Calvin said that uh, the heart of man is an idol-making factory, right? All our our heart does is turn out more and more idols. And the closer we get to God, the more we realize um, how sinful we are. And so we might get rid of some of the sin that's in our lives, only to discover there's more deeper below the surface, as you're you're kind of saying.
1: Yeah, what I'm hearing is like it's... You're kind of looking at it almost like I'm going to use a terrible analogy here, but like an onion where it's like you can, you can stop the action of a sin, but you're starting to peel back the layers. Like, why did I think this in the first place? And that's kind of what you're saying with the animal nature, like our nature itself is sinful. Right. And without Christ penetrating down those layers and people showing you by walking with you through this and you seeing this in other people's lives, you as a Christian, you don't, you don't get to be able to pull back those layers to get to the root cause of the sin, which is, as you would say, your, Nate would say our wretched selves and you would say our animal nature, which are both things saying sinful natures, right?
0: Well, and, and I think the point here is that, uh, and, and one of the things I hear Christian, uh, Kobe saying is that Christianity isn't behavior modification, right? Uh, Christianity is, is, is getting a new heart, right? And, uh, and so, the 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 crazy thing about Christianity is that God gives you a new heart, um, and yet we still have the same old mind, the same old mind that falls into the same habits as as you were saying about why we get angry and why things are triggers, and so and that is an ongoing battle in the Christian life to to allow uh, the uh, the the new nature, the, the nature that desires the things of God, to be the driving force behind why we do what we do. It's not just about behavior modification; it's about changing from the inside out. Yeah so it's life transformation yeah right? absolutely so uh we we're, we're getting to the end of our time here we, <laughs> I, we, we I can, can see keep the talk- clock
1: and i'm <laughs> thinking
2: like i have so i could talk more but i don't want to run long and, and no no, <laughs> no that's
0: that, that's cool uh our our wives are big uh big on keeping us under time yeah they, they don't like talking listening to us for too yeah, long we, we and, and can we carry on
1: we're gonna go to a barbecue after this so yeah, we can carry yeah, on the conversation I, we'll, so. we'll keep this going
0: but uh but that Hopefully that that was helpful for you um, for a number of reasons. What we really hope is that you kind of get some insight into uh, some of the ways in which some of the things we do at church and some of the things we say as Christians actually hinder our, our desire to be evangelistic. Um, and and those terms like evangelism, those terms like you know hedges of protection and and uh, and all that stuff. Uh, what's on your what, what was your one? What's your heart position on this? Yeah. Um, yeah. These kinds of phrases don't mean much. And so we very, very quickly begin talking over or around some of the people that we, we care deeply, deeply about. And so we want to see Christ get a hold of their lives. So hopefully that helped a little bit. And uh, and I, I, it, it's great talking to Kobe because uh, he always comes at things from a completely sideways angle from, from Chris and I. So that's probably why you like
1: Formula One. And probably why our small group is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, And I like
2: Formula One because it's, it's better than... Uh, than soccer and baseball so it's
0: better than soccer i'll give yeah. you that one but i thought you were gonna say better than nascar no but...
2: it's the ultimate it's the ultimate form of technology and man together i don't know how you can't like that
0: <laughs> the ultimate form of technology and man together is a jedi wielding a lightsaber
2: i no. like that too <laughs>
1: if that was a sport i could watch wouldn't, wouldn't it would? be iron man like the suit like covering him make him more powerful wouldn't that be
0: you think iron man could kill a jedi
1: No, but like, I don't think any, but like the, what's the Jedi's power comes through the force, which is not a technology, technological.
0: Hey, if you want to talk about the force, go on Joel Osteen's podcast and talk to him about it. Full circle. That's all we got. That's all we got. Somehow you
2: brought that back. I'm very impressed. And now that we talked about it, it's even better.
0: Absolutely. So um, we are the rebels. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Kobe, for uh, being in the studio today and, uh, and chatting with us. We just want to remind all of our listeners that you can find us at www.rebelalliancemedia.com. Find us on Facebook. Uh, When you see these posts, uh, try to like them, try to share them to your own feed so that uh, we uh, just expand our audience. Uh, If you're listening to us on iTunes, head over and rate us and review us. And uh, if uh, you can follow us on Twitter and you can get uh, access to all of the new content. So any other ways that people can follow us, Chris?
1: Uh, we're also on Instagram, Instagram as well. So you can like our photos. You can get our, our witty memes that we put out during the week. That's all you, man. Yeah, Is there
2: a lot of food? I think that's what Instagram's for, isn't it? Pictures of food?
1: Nope. no we no haven't. no the <laughs> new one is to like take something and like kind of make a funny joke about it on the on the Instagram oh, and that's, people's just, the internet. that's, that's just the internet yeah. oh, that's, yeah. that's no. what a no. meme no. is I, I never actually know how you're supposed to say it so I just forget saying it period. you can follow us on Twitter and you can get the, you, can, you can get the rebels thoughts throughout the week awesome
0: alright see you guys next time and thanks again for listening